is Twitter. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. This particular episode is a little bit different from the, I want to say hundreds of episodes that that I've recorded previously, Uh, but it's the same. It's different and it's the same. It's different because this is a live stream, A, and B, this represents the first Uh, step back towards that whole live stream or the, I'm sorry, the round table format that TWIP of old used to be where we had a bunch of people get on. um, I mean, initially we're getting in a room and having conversations and recording that. And then it was, we did, we were doing it remotely and we streamed it for a while and then Google plus and hangouts and all. So it's been a, it's been a long and winding road for this week in photo, but now we're here. So the in reintroducing the round table format for a couple of reasons, I'm not getting rid of the one-on-one format by any means. So you'll still see the one-on-one episodes pop up in this feed. The uh, round table format, however, will allow me to give you, the listening audience, a more diverse set of opinions about the topics we cover instead of it being myopically Frederick Van Johnson and, you know, asking all the questions that I feel like I want to know um, and and a guest, you know, responding. It'll be a bunch of people um, as we move on into this format. It'll be a, a group of probably two or more people that are on the stream that will be having the discussion about whatever the topic is that particular week. So that's what we're doing this week. This is the first one in there. So this is the live stream. The schedule for this stuff is on Tuesdays, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. For the most part, there may be some life getting in the way from time to time. But every Tuesday at 11 a.m. U.S. Pacific time, we will live stream TWIP, the roundtable. And then on Thursdays, same time, 11 a.m. U.S. Pacific time, we will stream a select episode from the TWIP vault. So it will go out as a live stream, uh, but it will be canned, right? So basically kind of like a rerun slash replay. That will happen every Thursday. And that gives us kind of two touch points to touch on in the week, the live and then, or the live roundtable and then the restreamed episode. Now these, these live streamed roundtable episodes will likely be, you know, at least in the beginning, kind of infrequent. So maybe every other week or so. And in the off weeks, that's when you'll see the one-on-one episodes show up in the feed. So that's how that's kind of how things are going. So with that out of the way, this very first kind of revisitation of the roundtable format, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Troy Miller, who is on the line. And if you if you've been involved with TWIP in any way, you probably know who Troy Miller is. Um, but he, for those who may not know who Troy Miller is, I'm going to let him introduce himself. Co-host Troy Miller, how are you doing? And welcome um, to This Week in Photo. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. It's it's always good to be here. It's always good to be here. I feel like, you know, there's like a cabin in the woods. Just I get to hang out. It's a lot of fun. It's familiar. You know where all the drinks are. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Good. It's good. Well, well, who are you? I know you, uh, I heard a rumor that you, you are known to have, you know, pull, pushed the shutter button, aim, aimed your camera to brighter two over the last 30 years. Like, give us the elevator pitch about who Troy Miller is and what he does and, you know, 
you know, we yeah, inside the community we know you don't like coffee but what else makes troy miller tick? <laughs> we're not gonna go that deep we're not gonna yeah, we go might. that deep uh yeah <clears throat> well yeah you like to embarrass me um yes so uh i'm troy miller i'm my wife and i we are imagery concepts photography we have been wedding photographers full-time wedding photographers for I think 31, 32 years now. So it's been a long time. Um, I've pushed some buttons. I started on Hasselblad, started in film, transitioned to 35 millimeter, and then transitioned into digital. And now, you know, we're pressing up against AI. So it's great to see all those changes. Um, I've pushed the button a couple million times and created, you know, lots of uh, amazing images that I'm very, very proud of. So. That's us. I mean, we we live and breathe photography. It's our it's in our essence. It's all we do. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue into the conversation du jour, you know, the skeptical photographer um, with a focus on AI. That would have been a good title. The skeptical photographer <laughs> focusing on AI. It's perfect. Oh, why didn't I think of that? Um, but yeah, I want to I want to take it. You and I have had several conversations both online and offline about AI and you know, the good and the bad and the ugly, and we've tried different tools and, you know, all the things. And I think we pr probably have the same optimistic view of the space in, in what's happening. I'm speaking specifically about generative AI, like tools like Adobe Firefly, Midjourney, um, Leonardo.ai, Dolly, you know, those those ilk of programs where you just type in some words and bada boom, bada bing, you have an image that presumably ne has been never been before been seen. So what do you what are your top line thoughts before we dive into the conversation about the, that ilk of artificial intelligence, generative AI? I, I think it's amazing. I'm very excited about it. Um, I think that uh, instead of being resistant to it, we need to embrace it and we need to empower ourselves with this new utility. Um, you know, I'm sure it's very much like when the painters first saw photographers and went, ooh, you know, those guys aren't artists. You know, they just point their camera at things like I'm an artist. And then eventually the community evolved and we brought in techniques from painters and, and visualization and composition and into photography. And I think AI is that is that next plateau, right? Like it's new. Yes, it's scary because it's new and we don't really know enough about it yet to be to be really cautious or to be really accepting. So I, I'm excited about it, to be honest. Like I think those yeah. pieces of software, I think that they're able to help us and I think that they're gonna be something that we have to embrace as a tool. Some will abuse it, of course, but here's the thing is that we as a community have a lot of power to influence what those companies do and how they develop that software. So having these conversations, having dialogue about it everywhere, pushing back against companies that are doing things we don't like um, and encouraging the things that we do. So yeah. the long yeah. the long description, but I'm, incur I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I like it. I am too. I, I am too, very much so, and uh, for a lot of reasons. And one of the, I, I just generally tend to be an optimistic person when it comes to technology. Um, and just the idea for me is just just the idea that the the long minefield laden rocky road of learning Photoshop back in the day. Remember, I told you before I came into Photoshop in version 2.0. 
Um, that and for those that know Photoshop lore, version 3.0 is when layers showed up, right? So 2.0 was very much the you know, as you're working on something, file, save as, change the name. So you end up with a, <laughs> with a whole bunch of direct, you know, folder or uh, images that you could revert to because there was no multiple undos or any of that stuff. Right. So you had to really walk the tightrope. And then now, and I thought that was magical back then because it was, it was state of the art. And then you fast forward to now, and I'm curious what you think about this because I know you, you are, you're a Photoshop guy as well. So the i feel like the 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 path of learning or the path between getting from oh man it'd be a great it'd be a great image if i did if i made something that looked like this this and this it, to actually creating it and having it be done and good has right. has basically been reduced down because now it used to be in the way of getting that thing out of your head and onto the screen to share with other people. It used to be, oh, okay, uh, I need to learn this tool. I need to learn this technique. I got to do, you know, masking and selections and layers and transparency and Bezier and on and on and on in order to get to get to where you could actually make a saleable or convincing image. And I feel like a, a lot of that, not all of it, but a lot of it has been compressed down to, oh, uh, I want a tree right there. I let's put a tree right there, right? or there's a tree in my shot that shouldn't be there. Let's take that tree out of the shot, and boom, it's gone. I didn't have to worry about knowing how to recreate the background, or you know, so make a selection around the leaves, or any of that stuff. So, do you do you feel that like it it, it kind of it, it it shortens the path from what you want to get to what you got? I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. I, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think like, look, so when you go out in the world and you, and you go and you watch somebody demo AI and they're like, oh, this is amazing. Look at this image I built. Like, I don't think most of the time that they did that, that that's off the cuff. I think that that's like, most of the time I look at it and I'm like, that's scripted. You tested putting that tree in there. You made sure you knew the prompts to use and I, I've gone back and tried to recreate some of my own digital art and it is all over the place. Like I cannot get it to work. What it, what I think it does do is I think it shortens the effort, right? It's like, do I want to dig a hole with a, with a spoon or do I dig a hole with a shovel or do I want to dig a hole with a backhoe? It's going to yeah. change how much time I spend doing that thing. But here's the thing is that you still need to know how to be a photographer and you need, still need to understand imagery and you still need to understand lighting and composition so that when you replace that tree or when you drop in clouds or when you remove something that it doesn't look like garbage behind it. AI, yeah. at least for now, doesn't do that great a job. It does a pretty good job, but it's not perfect and you need to be able to recognize that. So. I see AI as just a more efficient shovel and eventually yeah. you know, it'll get better. It'll, it'll, it'll run itself. Like I get it. Like I'm all down for that, but you still need the operator. You still need the intellect and you still need the intuition that, that AI does not currently have. And I have to remember when I say absolutes like AI can't do this or AI can't do that. <laughs> right. I, under, I understand for now, <laughs> Yeah. for now. Yeah. You got to put every, you got to, whenever you're speaking of AI's limitations, you got to put a for now qualifier on it because yeah, it's learning new things. Like what was it? Mid journey. 
when when we first i think we we discovered mid-journey around the same time right and you remember when it first started right. it was mangling hands right i mean anybody who's who has played right. with mid-journey you know that it's it's strong suit was not creating human looking hands if you're going but for alien no you can do it you know good yes but what we don't know is is was that just a fault of the ai regenerative or generative abilities or was that programmed that way on purpose like mm. I, we we don't know the assumption is, is that ai just can't do it but maybe it's not like we, we have to hear from the developers and they'll be like oh yeah no we wrote that into the code so we knew and somebody was like we don't know so i don't want to make assumptions <laughs> yeah 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 or maybe maybe they're really smart and they just built in these it, it could do everything perfectly from the start so it's like oh no we gotta <laughs> we gotta make people think that it's not great yet right so let's let's let it screw up the hands for a couple months and then we'll fix it you know whereas if they just came out of the gate with photorealism you know perfection you know it would have been uh <laughs> You got nothing to nothing to grow into. It no no it press. Broke everybody's brain. Like seriously broke everybody. If it would have been as good as like Gen five, Gen one or beta, everybody would have been like, "That's it. I'm just gonna light all my stuff on fire." That's right. And That's right. Away. And a lot of people are saying that. I mean, I've had you know part of this conversation is the whole skepticism and that 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 shows up in a lot of different ways. But I've over the I don't know, I want to say last six months or so, a lot of people that I know, a couple of them that we know mutually have told me offline that they're done. You know, in photography, a lot of it is attributed to AI. And, the, and I don't know. I, I don't know all the details behind these individual circumstances. But part of it is that a lot of the work that they were getting is no longer coming in because if somebody wants a picture of a they can just type it in and get a bunch of pictures of a now they don't need to hire a quote proper photographer to take a picture of a so you know let's talk about that for a little bit you know the whole idea or the the whole controversy around you know they're taking our jobs right, <laughs> right? <laughs> which now you know it's it, we got somebody else to be afraid of right so now it's you know let's be afraid of ai now you know because now ai is coming for you is it the truth much like the other thing right is it the truth that that ai is going to come in and swoop up all the creative jobs copywriters photographers illustrators compositing artists etc should they all hang up or should they do something else what, what are your thoughts well you know i think the, the old saying is you know a rising tide lifts all boats Right, but it but it, but it lifts the boats that have enough rope to allow them to lift, right? And yeah. maybe that's a weird analogy, but in my brain it works. So if if you're so tied and committed to your technique, and you're so absolutely unwavering to change, um, yeah, you're gonna drown, absolutely. Yeah. But if you're willing to take a step back and realize, like, either my 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 industry is shifting. And I don't like it, but I have to shift with it and then, you know, figure it out. Um, or maybe, maybe your industry is going to go away. And that's not a bad thing because that's what happens. That's the way that, that we, we evolve. That's the way that we grow technology. That's the way that things move forward. You know, I mean, look at the automobile right now. Everybody's into EVs and Teslas and all that stuff. But at one point, you know, there was the horse and carriage and they thought that the automobile was going to be like the end of civilization. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. So yeah. 
I look at AI and I look at those jobs and I look at those positions and I feel bad for those people because it's always tough when somebody moves your cheese or when your cheese is moved. But in reality, that's progress. And that's what we need to adapt. And I'm certain that if, you know, you, graphic designer who are being challenged by AI, if you don't adapt and change, the the twenty something that just graduated design school, they're gonna they're gonna do it right behind you. Yeah. Absolutely. They're gonna take your yeah. spot, like, you know, and I don't think this is any different, but I've always believed that I'm out of a job in three to five years if I don't evolve. Right. It's not just because of AI, but that's just that's just being in business, you know. Somebody yeah. always wants your spot. <laughs> yeah, and it's growth too, right? I mean, we've all for me at least, I am always it's either a a, a, a a character flaw or a benefit, right? <laughs> because I'm always yeah. trying new things. I'm always moving crap around. My set's different now than the last time you saw it, right? I'm always trying to see what, what will make this a little bit better or how can I do this thing more efficiently? You know, or like you, like when you were visiting there, I'm like, how can I get more stuff off my desk? What can I get rid of? Yeah. You know, to make, to make it more <laughs> focused on the stuff that I want to get doing. I don't know. It's, it's just like, that's the way I work. And I look at this AI stuff. I'm like, Oh, I can take stuff off my desk. I can do, you know, there, it opens up new ideas, but with those new ideas, like uncle Ben said, you know, with great power comes great responsibility right with this stuff and with any new technology there's going to be you know not only the proponents and the detractors from it but there's also going to be the evildoers and the up and up people right people will always find a way to you know to to do bad things with good things so let's let's talk about that a little bit right The, the controversy around ai so one of them is the 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 copyright issue with okay the i think it was a court or a ruling or I, I forget where i think it came down from the u.s copyright office oh i remember the story so and i'll post a link to this in the show notes um this artist this uh, uh a woman i forget her name it'll be in the show notes obviously or in the article but she created an entire i believe it was a comic book or an illustrated book and was selling it on amazon completely ai generated at least the imagery was completely ai generated and she submitted it to the copyright office to get a copyright you know to, to hey this is my stuff i want to copyright it they denied her the copyright because they said it was created by ai and you know a bunch of other reasons that you'll read but the bottom line of it is she was denied the copyright for that piece of work that she created for reasons reasons. Um, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. And if that is the right move there, because part of the part of the controversy around this generative AI stuff, especially when you're not using it to supplement an existing image, if you're using it to create a whole new image that you're going to then pass off as work that you created and not, not even to say pass, pass it off, but you know, cause that has a negative connotation, but you're going to create a whole new piece of work that you're going to add to your body of work now. So the, like, where do you draw the line? The, the artists that are on the negative side of it will say, well, there's this giant soup. And in that soup of data is my life's work. 
It's sitting in there and now anybody can type a prompt and the machine can reach in and say, oh, you want something that's similar to what Frederick made. Let me go over here and recreate that and make you something that looks great in the style of the life, you know, the, the life work of this artist over here. And then you create something out of that. It may not be exactly the same, but it's inspired by. So what about that, Troy? Like, what, what do you say to those people that are like, <laughs> we say to those people that are like, yeah, I mean, I, I, okay, I, and I'll lead it. This is not an interview, right? So I'll tell you what I think. I think the, it's a tough one. I'm gonna get hate mail for this, but I think it's, it's very much, I think we're talking about speed. Speed and brain capacity is kind of what it boils down to from the standpoint of when we, as humans, we are influenced by everything around us. We learn things by looking at things and hearing things, right? We're, we are a sum total of our life experiences and that guides us in a lot of ways in our creative endeavors and what we're gonna create and how we frame our shots as a photographer and the color palette you use as a designer. You're doing all these things because of the soup that you've been marinating in, right? And now you're rendering something out of you that somebody or, or yourself has asked to render, okay, create a tree, okay? I remember trees kind of look like this. I'm gonna draw it and you come up with a tree, right? That's exactly, or not exactly, but that's similar to what AI and machine learning is doing. They're, it's looking, but it's doing on a, on a bigger scale. So like in the case of Adobe Firefly, they trained it with the entire set of uh, Adobe stock imagery that was licensed and appropriate to do to, to allow them to do that and also images that had fallen into uh, public domain. So all of those millions of images went in and that's what comes out when you type in a prompt. I mean, so you know, what do you think? Well, look, it's 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 incredibly complicated. And and the one thing that yeah. I that I think that um, I feel very strongly about is that there's a lot of information that's misinformation or not complete information that we build that we build opinions and stuff on. OK, and it's like uh, the Adobe stock thing. OK, um, I don't recall reading in the user license agreement that they have the right to use my images to train AI. I don't remember reading that. There may yeah. be a clause in there somewhere that they said that they had the right to use my images in an artistic manner or whatever. But I, I don't know that I signed anything that actually said they have the right to use my images to train AI. And, mm -hmm. yeah. and did they give me the option to opt out for that? So that's, that's one of those kind of sticky points for me. I think that um, corporations that are training AI are taking advantage of the wealth of information that's out there. So, so that really bothers me. Um, when it comes down to like copyright, like your, your original question, like with this woman who generated this book, like first and foremost, um, get over it. Like, look, we, we know that the current landscape is, and the current ruling is you can't copyright that stuff. I, I mean, I don't think you should be able to, because you didn't create it. The AI created it, but that's a, that's a deeper discussion where we need to sort of fine tune the semantics and we need to come up with new dialogue and we need to come up with new terms to explain things, right? Like you're not a photographer. If you generated the image, it's not a photograph. If you generated it with AI, but a lot of people yeah. are calling them photographs, but they're not photographs. So what do we call them? So. Yeah. What, what I would say, what I would say to somebody like that was like, you know, the current ruling is you can't copyright that stuff. So don't get bent out of shape when you get denied. 
like just yeah. just move on right the sign said don't walk on the grass and you walked on the grass and you're mad that somebody came out and yelled at you well you embarrass me like how dare you yell at me in front of my kids there's a sign don't walk on the grass <laughs> you don't like the sign then go lobby and go put the work in and and help create a community and a dialogue and a discussion to redefine these things so that so that so that yes so now you can walk on the grass so now you can copyright the work that you created using ai but yeah. currently most most of us most of us creatives and i think you know i think the the library of congress and them i think they're i think they're right about it you did you didn't create it because yeah. you've used the universal language to communicate to them basically and said generate me a line drawing of a giraffe standing yeah i don't know it, it's it's so slippery because you can you can go down the the route of what is ai and are we going to ban all ai from yeah, I mean, we use AI in everything. I mean, we're using AI in my watch. We're using AI when we focus our cameras to some degree, especially you with your Z9, are right? We, it's using, you are. Again, I mean, it's using no, but, it, right? But again, is it AI or is it machine learning, right? There's like it's the same thing. levels. It's, it's not the, the same, same thing. thing. Yes, it's it is. It, machine not, learning no. in the chat. It, you know, you're going to be on my opinion. side chat for sure. It is. <laughs> Is I'm gonna ask Chat GPT, GPT is AI machine learning? <laughs> it's, a, it's a version of machine learning, but machine learning is when you train a machine to respond to inputs in a in a in a, in a certain way, right? Yeah. AI yeah. is when you get machines to do things that we recognize as intelligence when people do them, and they do it independently. So again, I'm I'm splitting hairs, right? Like I, I yes. realize that that it's that it's one of those things. However, <laughs> oh, you're going to trust ChatGPT. Here we go. <laughs> yes. Hello, ChatGPT. Wait, let's see. Hello, ChatGPT. Yeah, we have to address our overlords correctly. Uh, ChatGPT. Uh, how are you today? <laughs> you know, you want to get on its good side. You know, and just start asking questions. Uh, hey, I'm just a computer grand, so I don't feel emotions, but I'm here ready. To, okay, okay, great. He wants to get some business. All right. Uh, is machine learning uh, artif considered? There we go. Considered. <laughs> hey, I don't I have the, the definition, but there's there's three definitions of machine learning all the way up to AI. The, the reason that I get nitpicky about that and the reason that I point that out is just to get you to think about it is that <sighs> when you use words that are generic like AI. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love it. I love it when I'm right. I'm right. Thank you. You can say it. You're not right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you. There you go. You can see Troy's face as he's proven wrong right there. If you no, listen to the podcast, it's different. They're different. It says, different. "I said, I, I said, uh, is machine learning? Uh, what did I say? Is machine learning considered artificial intelligence?" Was what I wrote, right? And it said, "Yes, machine learning is a subset of artificial intelligence or AI." That's what Here's I said. A breakdown. It's a variation of it. That's what I said. <laughs> 
All right. I'll let you have that one. But yes, we agree. It is part of the family that is broadly considered AI. Machine learning is one of those things. Yeah. So let me just round out why I'm being nitpicky about terms and the semantics. And I think that it's important because I'm really passionate about these discussions. And I think a lot of us are. And I want to make sure that we have productive conversations. That, that's really what's important to me. And when, when we throw around the word AI in, in scary sense, like, oh, the AI is taking over the world or AI is going to mm-hmm. take my job or AI is going to do this. I think that we have to define what we're actually talking about, right? The AI in my watch is not the same AI as the, the chat GPT AI or the, the same AI that it might be the same code or it might have some of the same logic in it, but they're, they're decidedly different in how they're being applied. So I don't want to be afraid of the AI on my watch, but I want to be cognizant of the AI that's in Photoshop and how that affects my job and how it affects my ability to create. Is that, does that make sense? I mean, it feels it's a it little does. generic to call everything it's, AI. That's that's all. Yeah, I think I think when we think broadly speaking, especially to the uninitiated or the non-nerdy people, when, we, when we're talking about AI, it's artificial intelligence. So, oh, it's C-3PO, it's a robot, it's Terminator. You know, it's one of those things that is nearly sentient, uh, but can do a lot of stuff that we can't do. Right. And it's, right. you know, right. essentially a, you know, a servant right now. I think the fear I think people are fearing, like, for example, um, on you know speaking of machine learning so teslas and this their their full self-driving feature within teslas the current one that before the one that supposedly is going to be released by the end of the year but the current one is built on machine learning right it's literally machine learning and code so they'll they'll write code that tells it, okay, this is what you do at a stop sign, or this is what you do at a roundabout, or if traffic is doing this, or somebody opens the door on a side street, do this. So they literally have to like code in all of those situations along with the machine learning that all the cameras on the cars are pulling in to let it make hopefully correct instant decisions, life-saving decisions in some case, right? Some cases. But the next version that they're planning on moving to apparently is a full AI version of the car or of the, the brain in the car that will essentially react just like a person that knows how to drive really well and it's going to make those decisions so they won't have to teach it all the things about how the world works when you're in a car it will know those things and more and be able to react hopefully quicker than we can so then my question goes as i heard that i'm like okay that's great so we're going to basically have you know a super smart droid of a car that we're driving around what if they just go ahead and go to the next level and give it a voice, right? So, because we could we could do realistic voices now, right? And these these uh, large language models like ChatGPT can form fully coherent paragraphs and sentences that make sense. How come how come I can't just have a conversation with my car, right? Why do I have to do all this stuff? How come I can't just get in and say? Yeah, I'm a little hungry. Uh, what, do you, what do you think we should eat today? <laughs> you know, you know, like, oh, Frederick, oh, you're hungry. You haven't had Jersey Mike's in a while. You want to go there? Sure, let's go. Yeah, and then have it drive me. Be terrifying, right? <laughs> like, now, Frederick, uh, according to your uh, bathroom samples this morning, you've had enough sodium, so therefore, like, <laughs> your blood alcohol level is what? 14 times yeah. the legal limit. <laughs> you're still intoxicated. You are not allowed. Yeah, but, you, you know, know that's good. When 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 it comes when it comes to any new tool, 
and I, and I think of this like as a photographer who have, you know, I have gone through so many transitions in my business where when, when film and digital were colliding, there were, I mean, there was a dozen photographers I knew at the time that all quit photography because they're, they absolutely refused to learn a computer. That's ridiculous. That's not what mm. photography is all about. And there were a bunch of us photographers standing in the wings like, great, you guys leave because we're all yeah. we're all excited about this stuff. And then and then, you know, as as digital progressed and got better, everybody was naysaying like, look, even Kodak didn't think it was going to work like they thought that it was going to be garbage and it would never be as good as film. Um, and then it transitioned right into what we see today. And then now with AI, I just see it as another tool. That's that's how I see it. So let's one, let's figure out how to use it. Let's help each other learn how to use it so we can stay in business as photographers and make ourselves valuable to an industry. Um, but let's also stop being so afraid of it and let's let's stand back and let's analyze it and let's talk about it like we're doing and uh, let's demystify it and put it to work for us, right? That's right. the... That's the key, I think. Put it yeah. to workforce, right? Like dynamite and gasoline and the the oxen and the mule, right? Like, don't be afraid of them. Let's figure out how to harness that power. That's right. This is just yeah, more like nu power. nuclear energy. Nuclear energy is the same way, right? So don't be afraid of it. Yeah. You know that. Well, this is the argument. Don't be afraid of it. Let's harness the power because it, it has the <laughs> potential to do incredible things for good but also incredible things for bad, right? If it's misused, of course. So that's just like just like what we're talking about. Do you think there's you think there's uh, any anything to the whole argument that um, AI is going to kill all of us? You know, AI is the harbinger of doom. And where does that come from? You know, I, mean, like, I hear that all the time, but it's always very high level. It's like, oh, we're having our Oppenheimer moment, destroy your worlds and, you know, all this stuff is happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe on a on a per job level, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, your world is is doing something that an AI can now do, like copywriting or something like that. I would be worried, um, depending on the copywriter, because it's never going to replace amazing copywriters. I don't think. Right. But well, never say never, right? There's today. <laughs> so, right, so, right. There's today. Yeah. yeah. But what is? What do you think that is? Like, what is? Seriously, I'm. I'm like, is it? Is it a fear that AI is gonna? Is we're just gonna replay Terminator and Skynet's gonna show up and try to kill all the humans, or you know, something's gonna go sideways that we hand off control to the AI and it's gonna determine that oh, the one thing that's destroying the planet, you know, that's the trope we hear, right? The the AI will figure out that the thing that's hurting the planet the most are humans. So it's got to figure out a way to fix it. Let's get rid of the humans to heal the earth, right? And that, so I don't know. It, that's science fiction to me. Because when I look at it and I look at ChatGPT and I look at MidJourney and I look at Adobe Firefly and Photoshop Beta and all these, I'm like, it's doing things. It's doing what I tell it to do. It's not going off and doing things on its own yet, but it does in some cases. Uh, but for the most part, it seems benign. It seems like, like ChatGPT, for example, feels like I have 24-hour access to the smartest person on the, on the planet. And I can ask them right. anything. They'll do my homework for me. They'll write emails. Like even for this, like you, we were talking before we started the stream, right? Yeah. I generated the title 
using AI for the most part, most of it, I think. Um, the description for this video, the keywords that are in this video were created using AI. And right. the world didn't end. I don't know. And I got it done quicker. I would have still been working on that description had I had to do it myself. I don't know. What do, what do you think? So where, where does this destroyer of worlds thing come from? And does it hold any water? So I'm, I'm going to I'm going to read you a couple things and then I'll tell you what these are. So I, I did some research over time. I didn't do deep dive research, but I did some research. And yeah. um, so this this particular thing back in the day, uh, some people believed that it was a magical force and that it could be used to cure illness and perform other miracles. Uh, some people believe that um, it was a living thing and it could move and it could grow. That was electricity. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, the bomb, right? Like they didn't know they thought it would set the atmosphere on fire. Uh, the Hadron Collider, like they thought it would create a black hole or release lethal cosmic rays. I mean, maybe it's doing some of that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, tobacco. Uh, when tobacco was first really big and introduced, like it was, it was a, it was a cure all. It was considered to be a, a great medical cure all. They thought that the smoke would drive away. Uh, illnesses and like the black plague and things like that in the in the point that i'm making is that only time and only effort and only history is going to be able to tell us where this thing goes i think right now it's a knee-jerk reaction everybody's afraid and because of because of social media and the a clickbait culture um, it makes sense to write scary titles and it makes sense to tell people that AI is going to, you know, take over the world. And it makes sense because you get clicks. Yeah, I'm not afraid. Yeah. I'm not afraid. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. Like, I don't think that's true. It's just like any new technology that comes along, you know, like, oh, you can't have a phone without buttons. Nobody's going to use that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, Back and go back and do some research on any pivotal time in history and look up newspaper headlines around that time, you know, around when Henry Ford came out with the Model T. Look up the headlines like this is the death of humanity, right? Like the automobiles, you know, they travel so fast. Like, oh, you can't go over 60 miles an hour. Or your heart will stop. You know, nobody yeah. tested any of that stuff, by the way. It just was great headlines. That's right. Yeah. So, I, uh, yeah. Not, no, I'm continue. Not, I'm not ignorant to the fact that AI is a powerful force and that we don't know where it's going to go. And I'm glad that people are afraid of it. I'm glad that there's conversations around it. And I'm glad that, you know, we're being cautious and standing back. And, you know, is it... Is it a is it a harmless squirrel or is it a porcupine or is it like a, a deadly new version of something we've never seen? Right, like we're not sure, so let's be cautious, but let's not overreact. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, so that's where I'm at. Right, like I'm 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 cool. Like, okay. So let me I'm let me you know I'm 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 good at playing devil's advocate. Right, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Uh, wedding photography in Southern California which is where you play, right? And you pretty much own a lot of the market down there. So what happens, and this is plausible, this, this could happen right now, this could happen today. Somebody, it may be happening for all we know, but someone decides, you know what? I'm tired of being a dentist, I'm gonna be a wedding photographer. And they jump on mid-journey. <laughs> what do you mean, what is 
<laughs> you know, and they jump on, they jump on mid journey or whatever, one of those tools and they create a whole wedding photography portfolio out of whole cloth. out of nothing. Poof. Yeah. They got a beautiful portfolio, a bunch of different styles, multiple portfolios with different kinds of couples wearing different things and different kinds of ceremonies. They create it all sitting in front of the TV watching Netflix, right? They get the whole thing done. They go to a site like um, like Framer. I don't know if you've heard of Framer yet, but you probably so will. You're just telling somebody how to do it. They didn't know how to well, do just, it. Now you hey, hey. <laughs> If I can think of it, they've thought of it, right? So then this one goes to Framer, and they say it's AI. He's got an AI engine in there. He says, okay, build me a, a world-class wedding photography website, complete with copy and all that. So it generates that thing. You throw your images in there. You wire up a PayPal or a Stripe account to take money. You put a price list on there, and they start taking your customers. And, you know, of course, they're not going to last because they don't know what they're doing. Right. And they're going right. to arguably create inferior work. So that'll kind of self heal. But it's still going to make an impact. A bride that was going to come to you is going to say, well, you know, I want to go to Joe Bob over there because he I like his work. It's pretty good. And he's half the price. You know, why would I why would I not choose them? So how do you what's your professional wedding photographer opinion on that? If someone comes using A.I faking being a good wedding photographer well first and foremost I, I i'm not afraid of them because they're going to be out of business in three to five years like yeah. but what 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 i'm worried about is not just a few of them i'm worried about the inundation right like enough enough fire ants or enough ants can take me down enough butterflies could could probably take you down right so when mm. there's a when there's a, a a barrage and there's so many of them doing it but let me tell you it's not anything new it's just easier to do that currently like in the wedding industry speaking about the wedding industry um one of the big things is is first it's easy to, the barrier of entry to photography is very 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 low now um it's very easy and then what they do is a lot of people will do is stylized shoots or they go to workshops and they call that work their own the stylized shoots are where they bring in a bride and they bring in a caterer and they set up the flowers and they photograph it and then they go online they go look at the wedding I photographed. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, hello, hey, if you're a bride and you're looking for a photographer, 80% of the sites you're looking at are that. They don't have the experience. So it's already there. Mm. AI just makes it easier. It makes it easier. Path of least resistance. The challenge right? is, how do, how do, how do I, we, we don't have a community that's educated enough around AI, very much like when digital first came out. Are, are the when I say community, I meant like the consumer community. They didn't really understand the difference in the dialogues and what what it all meant. Um, but right now, I can't easily explain to somebody that I'm a 30 year veteran. I'm a traditional photographer. I don't use AI. I don't, like, that's a that's a mouthful. Like how do you how do you yeah. promote that and say that in the democratization of the internet where they're going to go through website and go, oh, I like your images, or oh, I like your images. Okay, I'm going to call them. Yeah. And those images were generated or they right. were shot at a workshop like, yeah. hello, uh, happens all the time or a stylized shoot versus my yeah. images. Maybe they're not as flashy and as showy because those are all weddings. Mm -hmm. This is but but this is the competition. This is what it's like to be in business. This is what we always have to deal with manufacturers have to deal with this all the time they invent a thing and then 
Next thing you know, somebody out of China is developing that same thing for a third the price, right? Yeah. How do they, how do they compete? It. I'm not mad about it. It's frustrating because somebody moved my cheese again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I gotta go over there and get my cheese now. Jeez, stop it, moving man. it, <laughs> Like I gotta, I gotta again. You know. Yeah. But if you're in business long enough, like you know, you have to adapt. AI yeah. is just is just another thing but it, yeah it, i will i will caution anybody that's that's looking at that right is that ai is different because it's moving so fast you don't yeah. have years to sit down and kind of figure out photoshop with ai like you literally have weeks <laughs> right we've like, been on this cadence like, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you do you got days in some cases but we've been on this cadence of of and I, I get this is a this is a lot of the reason I think why people are like, yeah, this is just a fad. It's going to go away. But, you know, just think back over the last couple of years, the technologies that were supposedly going to change the way that we do a lot of stuff. Right. What was it? If you go back far enough, it was 3D televisions. Remember that? Everyone was buying <laughs> these big flat screens with glasses that I still have glasses for one of the TVs in the house. Yep. So everybody's buying these 3D televisions. That was the next big thing. And then what was there was a bunch of things after that. Then there was 360. 360 video or immersive video, which was going right. to revolutionize how everything was done. Yeah. And then the metaverse after that. Well, the 360 video, it never hit mainstream, mainstream. Like, I'm not going to a theater to look at a, remember, uh, what was it, QuickTime VR back in the day? I'm not, I'm yeah. not looking for that kind of content. The only time I come across that kind of content is if I'm looking at houses for real estate or on a car site where I want to do a reverse kind of, you know, look around the car or inside the car thing but not in entertainment. Uh, you know, I don't see anything kind of main mainstream with that. And then after that, yeah, you're right. It was the metaverse and all that. I think, I don't know which came first, metaverse or NFTs, right? But it was one of those that showed up and it was, each one's going to revolutionize the world. Facebook changed its name and it's spending who knows how much money on <laughs> making that virtual reality a reality, oh, right? Yeah. So, but we, I love that we so haven't much. seen much. We haven't seen much. Just like all this money flushed down the toilet. And then uh, what was after that? So after VR or after the the metaverse came, uh, what was it? What was after metaverse? I think where we are now, right? So right. it was, it's this stuff, right? The AI acronym right. is the latest thing. So, you know, we know what AI, and I guess a bunch of people that are watching this uh, either live or pre-record or from the, from the, the recording, they understand this stuff, but I think from the rest of the world, the other, what, 80 to 90% of the world <clears throat> that I read that doesn't even know what ChatGPT is or MidJourney or any of that stuff, right. when they see right. these things pop, in the new, pop up in the news, those people are just thinking, oh, okay, yeah, here's another one. It's those tech people just doing something else. What's going to, what's next? What's going to be 2024 CES that I'm going to have to pay attention to or whatever? So to, from that standpoint is, you know, the, the, I don't know, just 
internalizing how the changes are coming like you're saying they're coming a mile a minute with this stuff and you mm. staying on top of it and not sidelining yourself because you think this technology is just another one of those acronyms that you they need you to pay attention to i feel like all those other acronyms that came before where we are with ai are making people like yeah i don't care yeah whatever ai yeah whatever show me show me something real when it happens or whatever do you feel like that because i feel we're in our echo chamber right now like you and i we'll geek out for hours talking about this stuff or some other tech stuff but the mainstream of the planet has no idea <laughs> you know what's going on right oh no uh -huh. yeah 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 um yeah i think it i think it's like that i think that you know there's always there's always the subculture <clears throat> for everything right i mean just mm -hmm. look at like apple computers you know, uh, Steve Jobs and Wozniak used to go to this local little computer club, you know, up in Cupertino, wherever it was. And that's what built Apple, right? Because they were, they liked to build circuit boards and they liked to build their own computers, right? But to, to everybody else looking at them, they're like, that's probably, they probably thought that was ridiculous. So, so mm -hmm. many things, right? Henry Ford, I've already mentioned Henry Ford. You look at like Elon Musk and the idea that he's gonna build a space program, like a human, a normal human citizen can't do that. <laughs> than mm -hmm. he does um yeah it's always it's always changing it's always there's always new stuff on the horizon you know whether it's nfts or the metaverse we love to talk about it our our, our micro cultures are really kind of where that stuff takes root and 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 fosters i think ai is one of those kind of things that unlike nfts and unlike the metaverse um uh ai actually works and it actually right now even at its earliest stages that the worst it's ever going to be <clears throat> when I go into Photoshop and, you know, I select a trash can, which is very applicable to me. I select a trash can in the background and I hit remove. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. I mean, Aaron Nace, I love you, man. I love your videos, but I don't need to learn that stuff anymore. I've got AI, <laughs> you know? Well, not all of it. Yeah, not all of it. No. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot left that to learn, or there's a lot left to flearn, we'll say. <laughs> right. right. Well, so I think, I think one of the differences is about all of those other subcultures um, that we've seen come and go and not really amount to anything, AI is one of those kind of things that we can see right now in the earliest days when we have access to it that it's applicable and it works. And if it never yeah. evolves past where it is today, it's still incredibly powerful and it's still incredibly useful to us. Learning how to yeah. use it, putting it to work for you, um, learning it better than the next guy is how we're gonna succeed in business, Yeah. right? Yep. Like for you, yep. writing, writing the description and the title for the podcast, well, if, if your job is to write titles and descriptions for podcasts, maybe you work for a company that has many of them, now you can write 12 of them in a day instead of three. And they'll be so good. So now you go to your boss and you say, hey, could I host my own podcast? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you, you, have to, you have to think yeah. beyond yourself where you are. It's a yeah. tool. There's so much money being poured into AI as well. I mean, in Silicon Valley, you know, it's famous for what Sand Hill Road here, where all the venture capitalists uh, or a lot of them hang out or live or not live, but where the, the businesses are. Um, and 
the, if, you know, if you read any article, just Google venture capital and artificial intelligence startups, and you'll see a list of companies that just grows every day, everything from, I mean, any, almost anything you can imagine that can be kind of automated or made better with artificial intelligence or machine right. learning or deep learning or whatever, um, they're building these things now. And I feel like in a lot of ways, we are at kind of a, I don't know, like a Cambrian explosion of all these different kinds of tech or, or tools and possibilities and are just kind of big banging exploding, right? And we're right. like right here. So what I tell people that ask me about AI or photography specifically in AI is like, well, okay, we're, what if you were at the ground floor when somebody was just saying, hey, you know what, I think there might be something to this whole idea of having a, 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 a computer in the palm of your hand that's always connected to the internet. I think there's something, there might be something there and uh, I'm gonna bet on it, right? So we're kind of in that field. We're in that, that area right now where these startups and different companies are shooting their shot, right? They're trying to do all these different things. Many will fail, a couple will succeed and change the way that right. we do business. I think the, you know, at the end of the day, the worst thing that you can do, as I've been parroting over and over again, the worst thing you can do is uh, stick your head in the sand, right? And say, yeah, this right. is this is another 360, this is another NFT thing, this is another meta, whatever, and right. say, I'm just gonna sit on the sidelines and wait for it to come to fruition, if it's ever gonna come <laughs> to fruition, and then, yeah. and then I'll start moving and learning it, or I'll go buy a book on it and figure it out. No, because it'll be completely different by the time you do that, and you'll be coming right. into the party late. So, yeah. And I think that, I think that trying to predict where this is gonna go, so I, you know, it's, it's like a lot of things. There's only a few people probably in the world and futurists and technologists that understand this so well, they're really probably the only people that can speak authoritatively on this stuff. The rest of us, yeah. it's like trying to pick the best lane in traffic. We're like, <laughs> oh, they're moving. Whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we're reading the scenario, we're reading the landscape, we're trying our best, but honestly, we really don't have the knowledge to speak authoritatively on this. Like we, I yeah. can only talk about like, it's raining and it's making me wet. I'm not yeah. exactly sure where the rain's coming from. That's yeah. kind of like AI, right? Like it's hitting me. I know how it's affecting me now. And I, I, I kind of know how I can use it. I re I can sit and, and, and theorize all day long about how it's going to affect somebody else. But I, I honestly, I have, I have no clue. And I don't think anybody really does except for those yeah. couple people, <laughs> you know, that are that's right. That are right that are actually birthing it. Like, I don't know. I want to yeah. hear from and them, even but them. We never will. Even them, right? Have you sat in on any of those uh those Chat GPT or mid journey yes. Discord sessions that they have? And some sometimes they're like, Yeah, we don't know how it learned how to do that, but now it knows how to do that, right? <laughs> Right. So. But for the most part, they're incredibly vague. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. could do we even have the dialogue to understand if they were to if they were to talk at the highest level of of how they're building this AI? Would most of us no. even understand that? Like, no. dude, look, I'm a humble photographer. Like, I I don't understand that stuff. I mean, no. you know, 
there's smarter people just in the chat right here than me. And they have probably better theories and ideas than I do about how this stuff works. And they probably understand it better. I, I, as a photographer and a creative, and just as a human being living with it in, in, in my world, right. Um, I'm concerned about it, but I'm also concerned about my business and driving my business and how I can use this new tool. Um, very much like how I can use a, a digital camera, right? Like, my Z9 mm -hmm. is right here. It's always right here. <laughs> like, how can I, how can I put this technology to use? I mean, I can, I can fanboy over it. I can love it, but how do I master this better yeah. than the next guy so that I can, I can make a living. Right. Where do you right? draw the line I, though? Where, where do, where do where do you draw the line at and and or, or here's a more pointed question as a as a working wedding photographer have you used ai in any work that you sold to a, that then went to a client a customer a bride or whatever have you and if not why not and if you'd have what was it and how did that manifest well by your definition of ai <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, you mean by me, you mean the world? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've been using, I've been using machine learning, um, for years. I've been doing, I've been doing, you know, intelligent sky swaps, uh, you know, with Photoshop, I've been doing yeah. uh, content aware fill, which is a, which is a derivative of an AI. Right. Um, and I use it even more today than I, than I ever have. And so, yes, absolutely, I'm using it. Um, if I do anything major, I will ask the bride first, like, "Hey, are you cool with me changing the sky? Like, would you like to see the before and after?" Like, I'm not trying to, not trying to fool anybody, um, but absolutely, I'll extend curtains or I'll remove a trash can or you know, take something like a hand sticking out of somebody's head. Like, like how do I take mm -hmm. that out? Like, I, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's that's good. Okay. Good. Yeah. I'm curious to hear that because I I had a conversation um, with um, God, I forget I forget the photographer's name. God, I'm getting old. I'm forgetting stuff now. Um, <laughs> down in southern Southern California, uh, boudoir photographer. Um, I'll think of it before the end of the show, hopefully. If not, I'll put his link in the show notes. Uh, but he was I was asking him specifically about his thoughts, you know, very similar question to the one I asked you. And would he consider using AI in a boudoir type environment? Because it seems purpose built for that, right? It seems like, hey, somebody's wearing this, you know, this, this uh, negligee or whatever, and doing this particular pose, you could change the room, you could change what she's wearing, you could change the color of what she's wearing, just change the whole environment using AI. It seems like, okay, if you're building, if you're building something that you that you want to then present to a client to satisfy them and wow them, seems like path of least resistance to you know kind of throw a little generative ai in there his his response surprised me though he wasn't he didn't think that it was a good thing and once once he explained it it made perfect sense but he was like 
he's not after 100% perfection in his shots. He is after empowerment. So he said his part of what he's doing is empowering women through photography to see themselves as they hadn't seen themselves before likely. So that's what he wanted. That's his goal. Not to like make some whiz bang. Oh, it has a Van Gogh on the wall now, or now the chair is a chaise lounge instead of this. It's more about the person. And he said, I think he said, I forget what he said verbatim, but he says no way he would hand off that responsibility to the, to a bot to handle that you know it's got to be him working on every single pixel there so yeah it's interesting how different photographers approach it right and it goes back to just what your own per- personal uh worldview is around this stuff and what your yeah. personal dogma is when it comes to how you want your clients to perceive your work and what you're doing just like you said in the end it's a tool Right. It is. This is yeah, all just a new tool. It's like that Model T. It is like the yeah. whatever. Right. And it's a tool that people are going to hate on in the beginning and then realize or, or not understand how they live life without it after it. Right. After they kind of marinate in for a while. Yeah. So, you know, so so like to speak to the boudoir photographer, like good yeah. for him for knowing his market. But that may not be somebody else's market. So I always want a cautious, like, you know, this is the way he does it. This is the way I do it, but you can do it completely different. Like, I think that there is a market for you to build around like boudoir, for example, you know, there are some women that they want to be objectified and they want to be made super beautiful wherever, wherever they are now, they want to look 10 years younger and they want to be in that environment and they want you to do all that kind of stuff. You know, you could build a business around that, lean into that. That might be a new business that you couldn't do without AI. That's right. um, yeah. Absolutely do that. Also, there's the difference between what people tell you what they want and then you giving them what they need. And so, you know, there's certain ethical values in there that you as a photographer may or may not want to cross, and that's totally fine. Um, AI can play a huge part in that. I know that like for me, that I have certain brides that as I photograph them, I realize that they're very self-conscious maybe about their chin line or maybe about their waist um, or something like that. So when I photograph them, if I photograph them in a way that is less than ideally flattering, I could have changed the pose, but maybe I couldn't at that moment. I might go in and I might, I might tuck a fold in on the dress or I might lift the chin just a tiny bit to make them proud of themselves because they look great but that but that pose didn't do them justice right yeah so everybody has their level that they feel good about ai is just i think just going to add a little bit more range to that and how you use it so i encourage i encourage people to use it don't just stick with one one methodology right like yeah yeah and if you do, right, and I don't know who this guy is, I don't know him personally, but I'm just gonna speak to him and say like, you know, you're, you may find that your demographic is gonna start asking for that. And then the challenge comes down the line, like, do you go the way of the film photographer and say, well, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. touch a computer? Or do you find a way to kind of bring it in and kind of do, like, that's that's our own morality, right? That's our own yeah. business, and I fully support anybody's decision to do that but yeah. we're all challenged by it we're all challenged by that yeah yeah and we're all learning and growing and figuring this stuff out as as we go uh the photographer 
Uh, I looked him up um, on my site <laughs> this week. A photo. This is uh, Michael Sasser. Oh, Michael of course. Sasser, yeah. We, yeah, we did a whole thing on AI and boudoir from pixels to empowerment. So that was a that yeah. was. And by the way, this I think this title was AI powered too. <laughs> but yeah, give this one, folks. If you're interested in what he has to say, he's a brilliant. He's a brilliant photographer, brilliant, brilliant marketer, and uh, yeah, he's just he's a, just a good guy all around. So yeah, definitely check out this particular interview i'll link to it in the show notes for this episode but uh definitely check out his site i think it's sasser stills let me see down here yeah sasserstills.com is the yeah. site yeah, yeah great so stuff and, and i'm and I'm, I'm a huge fan of the whole empowerment thing like i think that it's really really important to have you know diversity in our ability to create images it's not always yeah. about fantasy Right. And that mm -hmm. there's so much fantasy stuff happening and AI makes fantasy so much easier um, that it, I, I love the fact that there's this other side where, you know, we have somebody who is just looking at like empowering women to look like themselves, but look good. You know, yeah. like, that's great. Like, that's super great. Like, let's not lose sight of, you know, the the positive abilities to do that. But, you know, if there if, if he looks at an image and he looks down at the grass and there's a beer can laying there it's probably going to use some ai to take that beer can out yeah yeah you're going to nuke that <laughs> right? can that can's out of here yeah, yeah. absolutely as he absolutely. should <laughs> yeah. right yeah 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 this is such a broad topic you wanted one of we're close to the end here um one of the things i wanted to throw at you and have a discussion about is deniability so deniability right. in ai so and I'll, I'll set the stage for it so if you know, someone creates a, a, a piece of work. Let's just say, let's just do for the, for the sake of this example, someone created something completely new. It wasn't something that they then extracted an element out of to put in something else, or they just, you were changing a photograph with generative AI or whatever. This is a, a, an original piece of artwork that they then take and submit to a photo contest or something like that, and then the part of the response this is a fictional situation right part of the response that that person gets back is yeah it's great but this part of it right here you probably should have made this you know the highlight is too strong or whatever and then the retort back from that photographer might be well i didn't put it there the ai put it there right if it's positive you might say yeah yeah, I made the whole thing. It's all me. But if, if there's something wrong with it, you get you have plausible deniability now because you are not 100% responsible for this piece of work that's out there. How do you feel about that? I mean, is that like how how should people I guess a better way to phrase it is where do we need to get to as content creators, specifically photographers, so that there's transparency in our use of AI, A, or B, does anyone need to know how your sausage is made? And it's your business. I don't know. What, what do you think? Jeez, <laughs> um, <clears throat> God. You know, you asked like four really complicated questions in one statement. So I'm trying to. That's what I do. In order. <laughs> I know. Okay, so a little backstory. So back back when photoshop was getting really really powerful we'll talk we'll talk within the last 10 years and when compositing and you could do uh you know layer masks and you could do you know light and dark like all your different layer styles and things <clears throat> we started to see a lot of nature photographers um coming out with images that had multiple lightning strikes in them and up until that point like 
it was really, really, really rare that you would see a multiple lightning strike in a, in a landscape shot. And so, you know, me and a couple of my friends, like we were very curious and we would ask the photographer like, hey, this is really great. Is this, is this, a, is this in camera? Is this a composite? And they would lose their mind. How <laughs> dare you ask them that? And I, I thought, what well, that's kind of ridiculous because you either actually did create it and you shared it with the world and you called it a photograph, so you should be proud of it. Or you built it and you shared it with the world and you should be proud of it because it's a, yeah. you know, if it's a digital composition, right? Like you should be proud of it. I think AI is, is the same thing. If you share it with the world and you call it yours, then own it. If you generate an image with AI that is crappy composition and crappy lighting, it's a crappy image. <laughs> it's just no, yeah. I mean, it makes crappy images. Like, don't be. You like, created a crappy image, right? <laughs> not my fault. I didn't create yeah. it. Like, oh, <laughs> now we're going there. You know, yeah. The one you create, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna call that your own and want to copyright it. But this one, you're gonna say is garbage. I didn't do that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. When I do it, when I do it, the force is strong in this one. When the AI does it, the force is mysterious and moves in mysterious <laughs> ways. Well, so I win either way. <laughs> so Tim Engel in the chat made a really good point. He says, if you're putting it out with your name, you're responsible. And, and, and I absolutely right. agree. Yeah. You know, if, if you create an image and, and you did a bunch of Photoshop work on it, it's the same thing as whether or not you did a bunch of AI work on it or whether yeah. like it's the same AI just gives us another way of bringing those images in. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you've seen the image, uh, we won't go into the story. It's a long story, but you know, you saw the image that where I replaced the sky and Renee Robin, you know, called me out on it and made fun of me. Um, <laughs> but I never, I wouldn't, I could never imagine myself saying to somebody, Oh no, I didn't replace that sky. I mm. was like, yeah, I replaced that sky and I'm proud of it. It got on PPA magazine and she's like, well, it's garbage. Okay. <laughs> you're not wrong, but you know, I own it, right? Like yeah. AI is the same yeah. way. Compositing is yeah. the same way, you know, yeah. don't lie. Yeah. In your, in your defense, in your defense, I was there at that table when that, <laughs> when that confrontation happened uh in vegas so good uh but uh in your defense this was pre-sky replacement if anybody remembers those days there was a day before it's you true. could just say replace that sky yeah and have it look completely realistic uh this was when you had to do it by hand and figure it out so in your defense it was it was Thank a good i wouldn't have known <laughs> i would not have known yeah no because people are gonna think that dude didn't know how to use a sky replacement <laughs> Yeah, he did. It just didn't exist yet. So it was a while ago. Yeah, no, no crazy stuff. There's a lot in, um, you know, just speaking of one one ethical use of the technology and uh, Tim Engel, if you're still listening, I mentioned you in my presentation at Photoshop World this morning. Um, and the, the context was different and uh, clever ways to use AI that professional photographers are, are using it. And one of one of the ways that Tim uses AI is to generate backgrounds for like one of one of the works he shared with me was of a, a, a shot he did of a pocket knife 
and he generated oh, yeah. the background for it. You may, you may have seen it. He generated that background for it and then photographed the knife in studio with matching lighting and then brought them both together. Everybody's happy, right? Photographer oh, has brilliant. didn't have to, brilliant use. didn't have to travel, just got it all done right there and came out with a piece that I assume the client liked as well at the end of the day. So, you know, it's it's situational is how you want to use it. How do you want to use this stuff to to do to get out of your body, your mind onto or into my mind, right? <laughs> so that I can see it. What's the the path I, there? I would also suggest that if AI makes you angry, if AI frustrates you, if you're just constantly looking for reasons to hate AI, you're wasting all that energy that you could be spending being creative and figuring out a way to make it work for you. And I yeah. think that, you know, you've heard me already repeat this many times, but like, you know, Tim is a perfect example. I mean, instead of instead of just being mad at it, just be like, okay, you're not gonna go away. How can I put you to work? And yeah. figure that stuff out because I, I am absolutely certain, and with AI is no different than with any other industry, like I said before, like I'm out of business in three to five years if I don't adapt. Uh, it's absolutely gonna happen. Somebody is coming for your job, and if you don't adapt, and you don't embrace the technology that's ahead of you and figure out some way to put it to use, like, you're in trouble. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, yeah. It's like, you know, in the 80s, being the, being the person that's like, yeah, this word, Microsoft Word thing, I'm not using that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> These spreadsheets are fat. I don't need those for my job, you know. Or this internet thing, you know, screw that. I'm just gonna mail letters. That's the real way that people communicate. I resisted you write Photoshop it. for years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I resisted Photoshop for years. I can't remember her, the name of the software that I used to use. Um, but anyway, it was a it was a, a Photoshop alternative, and everybody's like, "No, you need to learn Photoshop." I'm like. I'm a film shooter. I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you saying that. Hundred percent. I can hear you saying. <laughs> and, yeah, because uh, I, you know, I say it now about things, and then you, you push do. me, and you're like, you really need to do this, and I'm like, okay, you're right. And you come around. You come around. You come <laughs> around eventually. Come around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tim Engel, like I mentioned, is in the chat, and I pulled up his uh, Behance profile here, and I oh, nice. think I. I think I found the shot. Look at this work, by the way. Tim Engel. Yeah. Tim's it over there suck, blushing. Does it? It, it, does, it doesn't suck, no. <laughs> uh, but this is a photographer that knows what they're doing, right? So he, right. he already knows what he's doing, and now he's supplementing that superpower with artificial intelligence to let him push it even further. And I think this is, I think this is the shot, Tim. Was this the shot that, that you use so. AI on? Maybe not, right? It was a shot like that, or but it was a shot with a knife on its tip like that. Maybe it's not in his Behance portfolio. Tim, share that shot with me if you can, and I'll, I'll uh, bring it into the stream if you get it to me before we end the stream. But um, yeah, just, just, you know, if you already, is this, I don't think AI is, is a, is a, excuse for not being talented, right? It's not an excuse for not understanding lighting, exposure, composition, post-processing, all the things. That's just photography. AI is in video too. And there's a whole can of worms that they need to understand or audio production. It's there too. Oh my so gosh. it's not, yeah. it's not a replacement for any of those things. It is supplemental. It gives you superpowers mm -hmm. or, you know, it's like an exoskeleton, right? It gives you, it gives you, well, lets you lift things that you couldn't lift before. <laughs> It's an amazing, it's, it's a really, really, really good point to make, right? Because yeah. 
um, no camera that you buy is going to make you a better photographer. If you're a crappy photographer buying a Z9 or an R3 or whatever, like it's not going to make you any better. What, what lenses you have or whatever. Like if you're, if your images are garbage running them through AI and trying to run them through all these like applications of it, like it's still garbage. You know, you still have to understand how to build an image and how to work with another human being. If you're photographing somebody, it's not all about like just creating slates of a scene and then dropping people in yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But you know what? You say that it's so interesting. So <laughs> Adobe, speaking of AI, you know, I just did come hot off of that presentation. Um, the upcoming versions of Premiere are going to do a couple things. One of them is they're using AI to allow you to ask it to uh, pick the appropriate music for a scene or a set of scenes. So instead of you going to like Epidemic Sound or wherever and searching and listening and all that, it'll give you a bunch of selections that will likely fit with the mood that you're looking right. for, one. Two, color grading. We've talked about this uh, and in mixers and whatnot, yep. but color being able to just speak to the computer and say, you know what, uh, I'm looking for more of a golden hour kind of moody feel and have it color grade the footage to match what you're talking about appropriately. The other thing is storyboarding. So you're going to be able to describe what you want and it will create a series of storyboards, like hand-drawn looking storyboards yeah. that then you can share with the team. And then it'll take those storyboards and generate, using its B-roll capabilities, generate an actual video from that. But just the B-roll bit of it, being able to, being able to, to go out and do your master track, say you're, I'm recording a video of my car, right? And I record all the different bits of it, and now I have my master track laid out with my narration and all that stuff in there. And now I need to put B-roll on top of different areas in there just to be able to select an area within that timeline and say, yeah, generate some B-roll that's related to what I'm talking about. Boom. And it will go pull the video and put it in the timeline for you. You can, of course, edit it and change it or whatever, but it's going to go out and pull that in for you. That's magic, being able to do that kind of stuff. So and that's, that is around the corner. And this is only 2023. Imagine where we're going to be in 26, right? When this stuff right. starts maturing and is better and better. Yeah, it's crazy. So here's something that, I, that I've really been thinking about, you know, with, with this AI thing is, is it, it, the AI currently... Um, it's not intuitive. And what I mean by that is, is that yes, you can have AI that's gonna edit that video for you and it's gonna do all of that, but it doesn't know your client. And your client right. may have a proclivity to jazz or, or you know, a classic guitar or whatever. Or, you know, you may know, like, like, like when I'm photographing people, like I watch them and they have certain uh, behaviors, right? Human behaviors that I look at and I'm like, that's a tick. They're not going to want to see that. You know, this yep. aspect of their personality is probably better. And I think like like right now, I, I don't know that AI is going to be able to do that um, for yeah. a long time because I think you have to have that human intuition, which is unquantifiable. It's kind of like... I was driving. I was driving home today, and I was, you know, driving in the in, in the Tesla, and I'm wondering like how how full self driving would work. And I'm watching this guy way behind me in this in this little red car, and I keep seeing him pop in and out of lanes and stuff. And right yeah. away, I'm like watching this guy. 
is is AI going to be that intuitive to be able to read somebody's personality, the their face when they drive by? Are you going to be able to Maybe. look and go, that dude's angry. I'm just going to mm-hmm. let him go. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. I, and I think that when it comes to the, some of the mechanical processes, the assembly processes and things like that, I think that that's going to be really amazing. And it's probably going to get us close. But this is where the human element, I, I feel at this point, the human element comes in and where we can sort of salvage our jobs or you can go to your go to your boss and say look ai isn't going to be able to do these things that i can do you know That's right be able yeah. to read body language and be able to read tonal inflections like that person is getting emotional the shot is sl- slightly soft the composition isn't perfect but they're getting emotional that's a clip we need to have will ai be able to pick up on that I, that's that's my concern and i think that we right don't know now right now yeah. that might be that might be what saves your job for the next five years right is that is that you can argue that so yeah yeah um sorry i'm, I'm pulling tim tim just sent me his a couple of shots to share so i'm gonna i'm gonna pull this up here if i can so uh here's his behance and I'm gonna go ahead and share preview. There we go. There we go. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So this shot, this shot. If and Tim, correct me in chat if I'm if I'm wrong. But this shot, the only thing real in this shot is that knife. <laughs> That's the only thing real. And he shot that in studio, matched the lighting, and everything else was generated uh, in I'm guessing Mid Journey. Tim is pretty good. He's very good in Mid Journey. So this is a mid-journey image with a practical element added in, which is great, right? So if you if you're laying in the bed and you're like, oh, how am I going to shoot this knife? Oh, if only <laughs> there's nothing great around me. Uh, I need if only I had a wooded area with some with some trees laying on the ground, I could do something. But I, now you have it, right? So you can make it happen. So what's the and other one? Uh, let me bring up another one here too. And here's something so, that we need to keep in mind. Okay that yep. it takes a pro photographer to be able to light the the subject matter to match the ai generated background it's not that's not easy to do that's really difficult to do right yep so you know this whole idea that ai is coming for me and it's just going to take my work and i can't do anything like no not everywhere not not in every scenario so yeah yeah well look at this one same deal yeah. Same deal. That's crazy. That is crazy. That's, I mean, I hope that that like sparks the imagination of, of folks as to, you know, what you can do and ways to use it beyond just creating fantastical world or worlds or creatures or, you know, seeing how photorealistically you can make a portrait using something like this. This is almost like, this reminds me of um, uh, like, uh, what is it? Plastic surgery, right? <laughs> And I use this analogy a lot. It's like plastic surgery. If someone's looking at those knife images, like Tim's knife images, and they say, oh, wow, that's a really good use of artificial intelligence and generative AI. You did a really good job on those. (laughs) You failed. You've 100% failed. But in this case, no one's going to say that. People are going to look at these shots, and they're going to be like, oh, wow, that is a great shot of a knife. How did you get it to stand on the edge like that? That's that's ridiculous. That's really cool. Which is what you want. And then you win. You win when that happens. So. Oh yeah. yeah, and then and then you move on. I mean, look, we we've said this so many times. I mean, it's it's about utilizing <clears throat> the technology. 
I remember back in the film days that there, I, I don't remember what they called it, but let's, let's, if you had these strobes and you wanted different color strobes to fire in the scene, um, they had this giant wheel that they would spin and it would trigger the strobe at the right time that the color filter was in front of the strobe. So one strobe wow. would be this color and this strobe would be like, it, it was really, really, really complicated. Um, and it, 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 because it was like, I can't remember why we had that, but it was like for multiple shots, like higher frame rates and stuff. And now everybody can just do it with speed lights, you know, That's right. and yeah, and you can fire it with your phone. Like it's just, more modern and tech. no one no one is resisting that yeah yeah back in the day you remember this when remember kodak ectographic film carousels <laughs> back in the day oh, right those were horrible. yes yes so it no those were horrible uh but i remember i was new in the air force at the time so i was just like helping you know but the the real photojournalists were putting on these multi-deck slide presentations with like i don't know four or five up stacked you know with four or five columns of just ectographic slide projectors full of full of uh you know shots and they were all triggered by the soundtrack which had a uh inaudible control track associated with it so when you play this song and it's connected to all these decks the right deck would know when to trigger in advance and then within that they had certain masks so if they were going to do a build where it's like half the screen and then three images show up you know in sequence there were triggers to do that and you had to have one yeah. slide that was this one and another one that was masked off where that one's showing and it was very complex and then now we have keynote and canva <laughs> and powerpoint canva, i was right. gonna say canva <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah it's canva it's not somebody out of a job like nobody's dropping oh. slides in and be like oh shit, is it upside down or is it not <laughs> exactly. i'm gonna lose my job <laughs> if it's upside down and backwards again Oh, yeah. man, you have nightmares, nightmares. Oh, I think I put those slides in backwards. Oh, no. Yeah. So, yeah, it was so good when stuff. It, when, it, when it comes to AI, I think one of the things that's that's the most difficult is learning it, learning how to yeah. use it, right? Like we talked about, yeah. we've given some examples. We looked at some of Tim's stuff. Um, you know, we talk about like replacing older technology with newer technology. But I think the hard part is, it's like right now, there's so many things like I, how, how will I use it? How can I put that mm -hmm. to use? Even watching you put together the description using ChatGPT, I never would have thought of doing it that way. Mm. Like mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't think to 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 write that they wrote the paragraph and then you said, "Oh, rewrite the paragraph with Troy Miller as co-host." Yeah. I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have thought that he could do that. <laughs> so part of it is just yeah. learning. And the more, the faster you learn, you're ahead of the next guy. But I, I, I thought that was amazing. I'm like, oh, and, and you and I have been doing this stuff yeah. for a long time, sharing ideas and playing with ChatGPT right. and AI and Notion and Canva and all these things, like all the things. I yeah, I didn't. Think yeah, there's so much that way. And I, I pick up stuff every time I look at somebody doing something too. You know, it's the, it's just there's so much to it. Like, look at this one. So this is, um, let me see if I can't bring this back up here. Uh, let's put this, not the whole display. How about AI just, just needs to figure out warp drive so we can Chrome. meet Vulcans. There you go. Yeah, there you go. 
Yeah, we'll need to figure out a lot of stuff. So this is this is Firefly. This is Adobe Firefly, and I'm, this is up because I did that Prezo, the presentation on it earlier. But just to, if folks have not played with this yet and have not seen it, I wanna I wanna just do a quick demo and whet your appetite as to what this software can do if I can find my camera. Here we go. Okay. All right. So here we are in Adobe Firefly. Anybody can go here, firefly.adobe.com. I think it's it is still in beta, obviously. It says beta. And I think there's a wait list still. And when I signed up for it, it took me about a week or so before they finally got me in and, and approved me and I could play with it. So plan accordingly, right? And then also, if you do get in or when you do get in, join the Discord so that you can be up on what the Adobe team is talking about, what they're gonna release next and what challenges that they're working on, et cetera. But you, once you get in, you could just go to this page. Unlike Midjourney, like Midjourney is run, they chose to make Discord its front end. So within Discord, you go in, you type slash imagine and your prompt with a bunch of parameters after the prompt to guide it on how you want it to render your image. Adobe's making it more consumer friendly, albeit not as strong as Midjourney and the others because it's it's trained on a smaller data set, but the user interface is much more approachable than loading up Discord, setting up an account and tying it into Midjourney and all that. But you come in here and just real quick, you go in and you say, okay, uh, like one of these, you know, they're, they're giving us suggested prompts to play around with. A variety of cactus in a desert in a sunset desert, right? Or uh, I wonder if I could do something controversial. Let's see, because I like to be controversial, Troy. All right, here we go. Yes, uh, we do. Uh, here we go. Um, Mud-covered humans attempting to escape <laughs> Burning Man. <laughs> As soon as you did after mud covered, I'm like, oh, we're going to Burning Man. After torrential flood, uh, rainfall. Okay. Did I get that right? Mud covered humans attempting to escape Burning Man after a torrential rainfall. I have no idea what it's going to do. It may fail horribly, but it may get it. So I don't know. So you click generate. And what it's gonna do is bring us into this and it's gonna generate, much like Midjourney, we'll give you, there we go, look at that. It gives you four options to choose from and then you can go from there. But the cool thing about Firefly versus what Midjourney is doing right now is this stuff over here. So on the right side, I could say, you know what, this is great, but really this is gonna be a still in a 16 by nine presentation or a movie or something. So give me it, give it to me in 16 by nine. And also I want it to be photographic. So click that. Well, actually it's gonna switch. So it's gonna do photographic and render it. Then I can add another version to it. So, okay, so it rendered that. And now I want, uh, yeah, I think that's all I want. I want it 16 by nine and photographic. So now I can go in and say, oh yeah, okay. So my story is about people trying to leave and they're mud covered. Here we go. By the way, none of these humans exist. This is all <laughs> fake. Mud. <laughs> it's, they're in mud suits, I think, right? So, you know, these folks are walking in mud somewhere, these folks. So this would fit a story, a new story on the Exodus from Burning Man, right? Yeah. So here we go. Boom. It kind of fits in. 
so then from here, you could then take this, just real quick, just as an example, I could say, yeah, I like, uh, let's see, let's find one of these images. So this image, I like this image, but this person down here is a little weird, and what's going on there? Okay, otherwise, it's a good image. So I can go in and click edit at the top and go into gener generative fill right here. So now we're in generative fill. Now I can do all kinds of Photoshop stuff. So I'm going to click remove on the left side and uh, my mask is down here. So I'm gonna just mask out this kid right here. I'm assuming that's a kid. So mask him out, not being careful, nothing. Just take him out of there, boom. So what it's gonna have to do is recreate this line uh, here. It's gonna have to recreate the water and the dirt and I'll make it match. So. So click generate and sit back and watch and see what this guy does at the end of the day. Takes a couple seconds and we're doing this live so it may put an alien there for all I know. But there it goes, it's gone. So took him out of there. I didn't have to recreate that coastline or whatever line that is. I didn't have to recreate the water and try to match it with no artifacts, none of that. And it gives me three options of that particular effect that it did for me to choose from. I think the first one was great, so I'm just gonna say keep. And then I could go on and on. I could add stuff in here, take things out, take all these cars out, add more fire here, put Godzilla coming over the mountain if I want, a Zeppelin in yeah. the sky there, a moon, you know, whatever we want. So, you know, that kind of stuff I think is, and this is all, that's all in the web. Right. That's not in Photoshop. <laughs> that's not that's not in a proper tool running on an M2 processor. It's running in a web browser tab speaking to their servers in the sky. So, yeah, right. all of this stuff is it's just nuts on, on what we can do. Oh, somebody in the chat. Skyview Photography is asking me to zoom in on hands here. Yeah, it is not happy with hands and I can't I don't believe I can zoom in this version, to be honest with you. Mid journey. So. Uh, Midjourney has been rendering amazing, amazing hands. There have been some amazing renders recently um, that are Look pretty at those. good. Look at those claws. <laughs> where, where did these people come from? Look at those hands. Where they're from the they're from the nethers. Look at that. So yeah, so this app. This app is it's still having problems with uh, with hands. And mid, you're saying Midjourney is good there. It's got it yeah, Midjourney is much better. Yeah, Midjourney is much better. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it does a good yeah. And again, we're all in early days for all of these, right? So it's a it's a marathon race, and Adobe is behind today. And who knows what's going to happen next week? It's crazy, or next year, or the year after that. Yeah. So and, and I think you, I think you, I think you said it early on. Like this is the worst that it's going to be, right? Yeah. This is the worst today. Yeah. It's only going to get better. And if the worst thing it does is render weird hands, like I can work with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I wanted yeah. stuff like Tim's stuff didn't need hands to work, you know? Nope. 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 It doesn't. Yeah. So the, the bottom line is if you haven't signed up for this for this beta or the or mid journey to play around with that or Leonardo.ai, any of those, sign or up Bing. for them. Yeah. Yeah. Bing. Yeah. <laughs> sign up for them and play with it so you can start understanding what the capabilities are and the limitations are. And the, you know, the whole title of this episode was about skepticism, the, the skeptical photographer when it as applied to artificial intelligence, taking your job or whatever. I think that's I think that's bunk. Right. I think if yeah, anything, artificial intelligence is personally, I think artificial intelligence is going to only enhance what you're doing. Uh, 
possibly make you better at what you're doing in some ways, give you more capability like Tim, for example, with that knife on the on the log there. Right. Being right. able to do shots, shots like that. He could have done that shot easily. Right. He could have he could have gone out and found that log. He could take a drive out to Muir Woods or something and take his knife and lighting equipment and, and assistance and set everything up and captured the shot. He didn't have to do that, though. Arguably making him more money at the end of the day because he didn't have to spend the money and the production costs to get all that done. He could sit at his right. computer with his cup of coffee and generate a bunch of backgrounds, pick one and, and go to town with yeah. it. So, yeah, fun yeah. stuff. Um, Troy, we're going to end this right now. I want to give you the last word before I do that. Folks that showed up for this live, thank you for coming. This is, I purposely did not promote this live stream live because we had a, I mean, we had missteps in the beginning anyway, because we, we had technical issues, but I want to make sure that we got everything sort of flowing and everything before we set it on a, a normal cadence of every Wednesday doing these. But now that it is on a cadence, every Wednesday show up for this pod, for the, for the live stream of the podcast, like, and subscribe to this video if you can because i'm trying to grow the twip youtube channel and um yeah just play just get out there and play troy final words from troy miller about artificial uh, intelligence <laughs> <laughs> i always think what can i say that's super profound that people are going to carry with them forever um walk slow and read be a good yes. human and you know just 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 go play go play with this stuff just go play yeah learn it and play with it Okay. You know what? I lied. I was going to give you the last word, Troy, but I'm, I'm actually going to give the last word to, to chat GPT. So. All right, chat GPT. What's a profound statement about artificial intelligence, about artificial intelligence as applied to a photographer or photography? I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. What's a yeah, I don't know. This is bad English, so it better it better fix it and come up with something good. So let's see what it says. It's thinking. They need a little graphic of it rubbing its chin, like just thinking. Artificial intelligence in photography transcends the, transcends the lens, transforming, let's bring that up bigger, transforming uh, not just how we capture moments, but how we envision and redefine artistry itself. Troy, I don't know. I think did it, did it beat you? Did <laughs> no, I think it's garbage. <laughs> Bad robot. <laughs> Bad robot. Yeah. Try again. Yeah. Yeah. Try again. All right. We'll leave it right there. Troy Miller, thank you. Thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure chatting with you. We'll do this many more times, I'm, I'm sure. And folks, if you have any uh, you know, input on this and this topic, feel free to sound off in the comments below this video on YouTube or over on This Week in Photo, where the show notes and all that good stuff will be posted. And with that, I'm going to say it, Troy. I'm no, gonna say don't it. say it. No, I'm going to say mean. it. I gotta say it. I feel like, all right, I'm not going to say it, but, but diehard Twip listeners, what was I about to say to end the show? I'm curious <laughs> if, if anybody knows, if anybody knows, anybody remembers what I was about to say. I don't have one. But, I never have them on. I never, don't give it I away. Do. Don't give, I'm ready to yes. photograph all the time. If you put them on, uh, you're not ready. That's all I'm saying. You're insane. You're insane. You're insane. <laughs> all right. We'll leave it right there with me and, and my insane co-host here. All right, everybody. <laughs> 
have a good rest of your week and uh, enjoy creating AI stuff and share it with me if you uh, on the socials. I'm at, at Frederick Van. Uh, uh, I'd be interested in connected with you online and showing and looking at what kind of works you come up with with these AI engines. So we'll leave it right there. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Troy. Right. Thanks, everybody in the chat. We will see you next time. Bye, everyone. This is Twitter.